You're listening to episode number 43 of the Intimate Covenant podcast titled Our Story. If you're new to our podcast, we think this is a great episode to start with, and that's why we've put it at the beginning of our podcast directory. Thanks for joining us. We pray that our story will bless your marriage. Hey, Jen, want to get personal on the podcast today? Who are you? Great! Today we're going to share some of our personal journey in our own marriage and our own sexual struggles. Let's do it. Welcome to the Intimate Covenant Podcast, providing biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information about Intimate Covenant, please visit our website at IntimateCovenant.com. Here are your hosts, Matt and Jen Schmidt. Welcome to the podcast where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right, we're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We are Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We offer group Bible studies, private couples coaching, premarital counseling, intensive weekend seminars, an annual marriage retreat, and now a podcast. And today on the podcast, we're talking about ourselves. That is scary. Okay, that sounds a little vain. (laughs) So let me explain. We want to share some glimpses of our own marriage journey so that we can be an encouragement to you. Uh, I think that you'll see uh, that to a great extent, we have been where you have been. Right. Our struggle looks a lot like your struggle. Uh, We want you to know you're not alone and that you have some reason for hope. Right. And so this is episode 43. So we've been doing this for, I don't know, what, six months plus? Not almost nine months. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't. The time flies when you're having fun, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but we have never really shared about us. So if this is your first time listening to our podcast, or the fortieth, yeah, you should know that this is going to be a little different than our usual format. Um, but we decided that we just wanted to press record and start asking each other some questions, interview style, and just talk about our story. And the result, we hope, uh, will be an episode that is personal, that's real, that's vulnerable. Uh, And we hope that you'll learn something about uh, us and hopefully about yourself uh, that can help to encourage you so that you can keep striving in your marriage and in your marriage bed. Yeah, One of the, I think, most powerful things that happens when we do um, public events, when we're, you know, face-to-face, I should say, events, um, is that we often are able to get very personal with our audience and very vulnerable. And the beauty of that, I think, Matt, is that vulnerability begets vulnerability, right? And, And people see us not as some expert, which we totally are not. But as two real people, two normal people, but for a whole lot of reasons, we've kind of been, we as an I, probably more so, have been a little bit more reserved on our podcast up till now. Um, So we've done a whole lot of giving advice, but not a whole lot of just flat out sharing who we are. But I guess that all changes today. (laughs) Hope you're ready for this. Yeah. So I think, Matt... 
The first thing everybody wants to know is what's our story? So how did we get where we are? And that's a great question. And to tell that story, I think we go all the way back to our beginning. The fall of 1996. So long ago. (laughs) What a year. (laughs) What a year. All right. So in the fall of 1996, I was a freshman at Florida College And Matt was attending the University of South Florida in Tampa, Um, but he was still hanging around Florida College. He had graduated in the spring with his associate's degree, had a lot of friends on campus. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. But the real reason you were hanging around, Matt, was because you were looking for a wife. Uh, That's maybe a little bit of an unfair characterization, (laughs) uh, but probably partially true. Uh Yeah. He had spent his time at FC playing and having fun and then graduated and realized, wait a minute, maybe I need a wife. No. So that's what I tease him about. Um, But we met then in September of fall of 96. And I knew that she was something special when the very first time we were alone together, We ended up, and uh, she probably arranged for this, but we ended up in the same car together driving sort of carpool style with some other friends Uh to Orlando from Tampa. That's about a 45-minute drive for those of you that aren't... Happened to end up in the car alone. Right, right, Mm -hmm. right. right. Well, I I was coming from work or class or something and had not eaten dinner yet, so... uh, I ran through the drive-thru at Burger King, ordered my usual Whopper sandwich, and uh, threw the bag in the, into the uh, car and took off trying to catch up with our friends who were already on their way. And without even pausing, without even missing a beat, without even asking, this <laughs> girl that I barely knew reached into this bag, my bag of food, my dinner, <laughs> pulled out the burger and started unwrapping the burger. Mm-hmm. In such a perfect way that I could eat that entire Whopper sandwich without getting a single drop of mayonnaise or ketchup or lettuce or pickle or whatever they put on that without getting a single drop <laughs> on my clothes. It was perfectly arranged. Mm-hmm. And so I, I knew this woman knows how to take care of people. <laughs> I knew she was something special. Or maybe you should have learned, this is a very OCD person. (laughs) Well, yes, uh, that was part of it, I think, but I was too blinded by infatuation to notice that at that point. So within a couple of weeks of talking, we progressed to the, quote, relationship status. And um, I think the turning point of that, Matt, was when we were watching a Miami Dolphins football game together, Mm -hmm. sitting beside each other on a couch. I'll never forget that. (laughs) And little did I know how much the Miami Dolphins were going to be a part of my life forever. (laughs) Uh, But we're sitting there watching this Miami Dolphins football game, and there's some exciting play. I'm sure, Matt, you remember the actual play. I don't. Some exciting play happens, and Matt reaches over and grabs my hand in excitement. And that was the first time you held my hand. And I didn't let go. And you for didn't like the let whole go. Half. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, so I should have known then that football would be a big part of our marriage. Yes, but uh, it, was, it, it worked out nicely at that moment, at least. It did. And so 
Um, that was kind of throughout the fall then. We really kind of actively started dating. And, well, I mean, once we started hanging out, that was it. But That was it. That was it. But by December, we actually began discussing marriage. So if you've not gone to Florida College, you don't quite realize the, the bubble and time warp that FC is. But a lot can happen between September and December. It's like a time warp. It is. <laughs> and so uh, we lived in that time warp, and we um, progressed very quickly. And we began making plans, starting to talk long-term about marriage, plans. long-term yeah. plans, um, factoring in one another. Um, so then over spring break, um, you came with me to to home to Texas. At that point, you were a Florida boy. I was a Texas girl. And so over spring break, you came home with me. And on the front porch of my granny and grandpa's house, you asked my dad if you could receive his blessing to ask me to marry you. One of the most nerve-wracking days of my life. I'm sure (laughs) you uh, married men can relate. Yeah, and now you've had that same conversation oh, with a young man. So it's a little <laughs> bit different. It, it, what a different experience it is to be on the other <laughs> side of that. Too. Right, and so um, by March, March 21st, uh, we got engaged, and we began, began making plans to get married. And we were married by that summer. We were so married we, that summer. Just backing up, recapping, for those of you in the back, <laughs> we met in September and we're married. We're engaged by spring break. And we're married, and married by, by July. that summer. Yeah. And here we are. Here we are. Today, almost 24 years later, this summer, coming up on 24 years, we have four beautiful, I mean, the most beautiful children. The best kids. The best kids. But they're not really little kids anymore. They are mm. mostly grown children. Um, our, our children are ages 23 20, 18, and 14. Wow, we sound old. Oof. And our second born daughter is newly married. Um, and our son is our, our 18 year old son is actually getting ready to head off to college himself in a few short months. Um, and so we're really inching closer and closer to that quote, empty nest. Years. Looking forward to that quite a bit, actually. <laughs> and today we have a healthy, close, and solid marriage. Yeah. And we, I mean, we have a storybook romance. I mean, yeah. it's just been an amazing journey, a beautiful journey. Uh, and most people would think that you would want to have this same kind of great marriage. And you should, because we have an amazing marriage. And you don't see how that with your problems, your struggles, you could ever get where we are. But here is the proverbial rest of the story. The details that we left out are the details that you're not going to find on our Facebook profiles. The details that we left out are the details that we spent many, many years struggling with. Some were sins done to us, and a lot of our struggles were because of no fault of our own, but some of our struggles were sins of our own making. Right. Full disclosure, we were eight weeks pregnant when we got married, obviously guilty of sex before marriage. And even further full disclosure... 
I was dealing with deep wounds of repeated sexual abuse by my grandfather throughout my childhood. And so these two major, major obstacles created immediate, substantial, and long-lasting pressure on our marriage. There was pressure financially, in our physical intimacy, our time, our emotional state, our spirituality, all of that. And the constant shame that hung over us, shame of our own doing from our own sin, but incredible shame from sin done to me and and in essence done to us, hung over us, cloaked us, hung between us, and created overwhelming barriers. So the marriage that you get a glimpse of on this podcast is not just because we're lucky. No. Or because we just happen to find our soulmate, the perfect match. Our marriage was broken from the beginning. And we suffered. And we fought in the dark against each other. And against enemies we didn't even recognize, we didn't even know existed, against enemies that we never had the tools to know how to conquer. Right. But we chose through it all to allow that suffering and that conflict ultimately to allow us to draw closer to God and to each other. Right. We conquered mountains and valleys together. And we did it together. And that was the choice that we made. Although we didn't choose that every time. Right. Ultimately, that's the choice we learned how to make. And so our story, and maybe your story as well, our story is the story of brokenness but also of redemption and restoration and unity. Praise God. Praise God. And you know what? That's the story of the gospel as well, isn't it? I I think, unfortunately, mistakenly, especially within the church, we assume that no one else's marriage is dealing with the same struggles or the same shame that we're dealing with. Right. We compare ourselves to everyone else's Sunday best. Or their Facebook profiles, as if that's a glimpse of reality. Right. And, And we, in comparing ourselves, are painfully aware of how unlike them we think we are. Or we think, you know, that we know them just because we've seen their Facebook profile or their Instagram perfect posts. And, and that's why we started Intimate Covenant yeah. in, in our community. Um, and that's why we started the podcast, to grow that community. Because the church needs more vulnerability, more honesty, and more intimacy in our relationships, right. in our marriages, but even in our other personal relationships. Right. We need that vulnerability. We need that in our communities. Right. And so we want to be here to be vulnerable. And that's not easy. <laughs> but 
We trust you all. (laughs) (laughs) We trust you to hold our story, to honor our story, and to hopefully even see yourself in our story. Because like Matt said, it's a story of brokenness, but it's also a story of redemption. Right. And so we're here to encourage open and honest communication. Right now, it's a little one-sided on a podcast, (laughs) but we're hoping through this and everything else we do with Intimate Covenant that we start that conversation Yeah, and that you can bring that conversation first to your own bedroom, but then to your community, because that's what God's kingdom needs most. Absolutely. And, And we want to be a resource for encouragement and for accountability. We want to be a resource that you can reach out to for education and also a resource that we, you can reach out to to help encourage yourselves, encourage your spouse, and encourage each other, and encourage those of you in your community. Right. If we've learned anything, we have learned that Satan wins in the silence mm-hmm. and that shame is overwhelming when it's cloaked in silence. And so as scary as it is to be real with you and with others, it is also the place where we proclaim the beauty of God's plan, of His healing, of hope, and of the power of God's people. So let's, so let's take a short break. Yeah. <laughs> and when we come back, we'll continue the conversation about our personal journey with marriage and with sex. Hey, Jen, the clock is ticking. Wait, did I leave something in the oven? Uh, no, not this time. That smoke you're smelling is from me thinking about all of the great ideas we have for the upcoming marriage retreat this September. Yes, and it's definitely time for you to register because spots are filling up fast. We really don't want anyone to miss out on all the great activities we have planned. And just like last year, we are staying at the beautiful and luxurious Houston City Place Marriott, located in North Houston near the Woodlands. The guest rooms are very comfortable and romantic, The conference room and the service is incredible. It really is a resort-like atmosphere. We will be engaging discussions centered on our theme, Enlightening an Intimate Covenant, Magnifying the Spiritual Connection in Your Marriage. Our goal this year is to learn to enhance our spiritual connection with each other and with God through our emotional and sexual relationship in marriage. Yes! We are really excited about this theme. The content will be all new and presented in some new and fun ways. But don't worry, you won't be sitting in boring lectures all day. Rest assured, there is lots of free time built in so that you have plenty of alone time with each other and time to spend with some of the dozens of other covenant-focused couples that will also be there. It will be a weekend for relaxation with your beloved and building up of your relationship. Every marriage can benefit, young or old, happy or struggling, or anywhere in between. But the clock is ticking. Register now and save your spot with just a $200 deposit. Go to www.intimatecovenant.com. All right, Matt. So this is the podcast where we're getting real. (laughs) (laughs) 
real personal. <laughs> We're pulling back the curtain, right? Like the the, the famous Wizard of Oz scene, right? What's right. Pay, behind? Pay no attention to what's that behind the behind curtain. The curtain. Yeah. So we've started by really just sharing our story, um, and hopefully uh, that was of some impact um, to our listeners. But I think now let's um, let's just kind of go through some interview style questions with Ooh, one another. This so sounds fun. we don't know what each other's going to say. Um, so we'll see where this leads and hopefully um, add some enlightenment along the way here. So Matt, my, my first question to you. Oh, I have to go first. You do. <laughs> um, because I'm not brave enough to go first is why. <laughs> Matt, what is something that you have struggled with in the past? Man, what a enormous list to choose from. <laughs> um, I mean, life is all about struggle and about growing up, especially in marriage. Uh, but I, I think keeping this maybe more specific to what have I struggled with um, in marriage and in, especially in terms of married sex, I think like most pursuers, um, I really struggled with contentment and and gratitude for what I had, what I have, and struggled with appreciating just the the moments. Um, really, you know, struggling with feeling like I had to get it all done at once and enjoy mm-hmm. every and try to take advantage of every moment in such an extravagant way that I really missed the beauty of the moment itself. Mm-hmm. Getting caught up with, you know trying to take everything to that next level with entirely unrealistic expectations. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that as I started to slow down and appreciate the beauty of the relationship and the beauty of intimacy and the beauty of exploring that together instead of just being really, uh, frankly, self-minded and self-centered uh, as I got away from that and learned to enjoy the moment and and enjoy that together, uh, that's when the, my whole paradigm shifted and I was able to learn more contentment gotcha. and gratitude. Good answer. So I was going to ask, what is something you're working on now? But I guess you just answered that. <laughs> well, I, I mean, contentment yeah. and, and learning um, to trust you to take care of yourself uh, and to trust me to uh, continue to add fuel to the fire, but that's um, that's that's where we're at now. That's what I'm working on anyway. All right. So I'm going to turn the table then because I, I want you to answer the same questions. <laughs> what oh is boy. what is something that you have struggled with in the past? Uh, um, I think the thing that I struggled with the most within our marriage was seeing the beauty of sex for me. I think I really entered into marriage thinking that it's not that I didn't think I would enjoy marriage, but I think I had a very male centric view of, of sex. Hmm. Wait, I said, it's not that I didn't think I was going to enjoy marriage. It's not that I didn't think I was going to enjoy sex. (laughs) That's the word I was meaning. Uh, But I think I had a very male centric view of sex, meaning I think I thought it's what good wives give their husbands. And that if I got pleasure out of it, 
that was good too, but the main focus was to keep you satisfied, um, to keep you from straying. You know, not that I ever fully said that, but that was certainly the attitude I approached sex in. And so for me, sex was just something on the to-do list. Um, Where do you think you learned that? Uh, <laughs> um, I think I learned it most from what was never directly taught. I don't think it, I know, no one ever directly said to me, sex is for you. Sex is about both of your pleasure. Um, and I think that's why I'm so passionate in proclaiming that message to other wives. Um, now, there were certainly certain people in my life um, that that showed me a beautiful marriage, um, but I just don't know that I was ever given that direct example of the beauty of sex. And so I really did struggle with seeing it as something I was supposed to, to enjoy fully too. Um, so I think the follow-up question to that that I ask you that you're probably asking me is <laughs> what am I working on now? Yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, I think over the last five years, there has been a huge paradigm shift for me in really doing the hard work to understand my own sexuality um, and be learning to be confident in my sexuality um, and learning to engage my sexuality and your sexuality um, in, in coming from a healthy place of desiring this for both of us. In other words, now I understand the importance for my own self and, and enjoying to the fullest our sexual relationship. It's not just for you. It's not just the item on the to-do list that I have to check off. So let me follow that question up with, maybe you've answered this, but I, I think our listeners would be curious to, to know, did you always enjoy sex? No, <laughs> I didn't. Um, as I said in our opening segment, I was sexually abused my entire childhood. And so because of that, um, my sexuality as a whole was taken from me and used against me. So that doesn't, doesn't just change because I said I do. Right. And so for me, learning, learning to enjoy sex meant that I had to fight a lot of demons. Um, now, what I have learned is that the place of my deepest wound can also be the place of my greatest joy. So I was able, through the power of God and His healing, to, to take that and work hard at understanding the beauty of sex and the healing that com- that has come for me and enjoying our sexual relationship, um, but no, sex sex wasn't enjoyable for me for a long time. Just for the sake of our listeners, how long did it take? Um, we've been married twenty four years, almost. It has been 
almost five years now that I have been going through my process of truly healing from the abuse that had been done to me. Um, So for 19 years of our marriage, um, I struggled with our sexual relationship. I I knew that answer, but I just (laughs) thought that would be important. Yeah. So what's it like and how is it even possible for you to talk with such passion about sex (laughs) now, given that history? Uh, How's it possible? (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) Which is why every podcast begins with me saying, "Uh -uh." (laughs) (laughs) uh-uh. But here we are. Here we are. Um, It is possible because God is a God of healing. Ah, I said I wasn't going to cry. And so once I finally decided to stop being content with the pain and start the process of putting to rest as much as is possible this side of heaven, what was done to me once I started claiming the power of healing, and I did the really hard work of better understanding not just what had been done to me, but what all of the coping mechanisms I had learned that weren't necessarily healthy, that I had to unlearn. Um, And once I started understanding the power of controlling my own thoughts and controlling my own life... um, I think that's when I started really being able to to get to the place of of believing that healing was possible. Yeah, and to be clear, most of that work was done to a large extent, at least, with a professional counselor. Absolutely, absolutely. And I will shout it from the rooftops till I have no breath left, um, the beauty of professional counseling. And if you have suffered trauma... Either the way in a way like I suffered trauma or in another type of trauma, um, professional counseling is needed and is incredibly, incredibly helpful and is a way that God can help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can do what I do now because of the hard work I put in, um, but mostly. I can do what I do now because of the hold me tight, never let me go, protective love of you. Well, that's, that's generous of you to say, but um, I, I don't feel like that I had a lot to do with uh, that, that process. All right, Matt, I'll ask you the question. <laughs> <laughs> Did you always enjoy sex? I guess I have a mixed response to that. My my initial gut reaction is to say, well, of course I did, because, I mean, sex is amazing, and that's what I had always wanted, and, and that's what I looked so forward to as a, as a single person and young man. But I think the real answer is that, no, there were definitely times in our relationship that I did not enjoy our sex mm-hmm. um, because it felt disconnected. Mm-hmm. The, the mechanics were all right. And I still had the same physical experiences that I do now, 
but the connection was not just wasn't there. Right. And so it, it wasn't always as enjoyable as it, as it could have been. Um, but, you know, praise God that marriage is for a lifetime. And so yeah. we've had the opportunity to learn from those mistakes. I've learned so much more about the purpose of sex and, and I've, and I've learned to really reframe the purpose of that in my mind. Um, and certainly I've, we've been able to grow so much closer in every other way, spiritually and emotionally. I think we've learned the the benefit of that mm-hmm. and how that all of that intimacy results in a better sex life as well. Right. And it's all connected and better sex results in better spiritual relationship and a better emotional relationship. So it, it all kind of ties together. So, I mean, I guess the, the short answer is no, I, I didn't always enjoy our sexual relationship as much as I thought I would. Right. Until more recently. Yeah. And so really it's it's it all ties together. Intimate covenant came out of our desire to mentor. I mean, frankly, when we still needed mentoring, we were trying to mentor long, long ago. Um, but really five years ago, when in a lot of ways, I had hit rock bottom, and I decided I, enough was enough, and I was going to seek healing for my own self and healing for our, our marriage, that spiraled into something we could have never seen coming. Right. <laughs> and from that, really, the seeds were planted for Intimate Covenant. So what does Intimate Covenant mean to you, Matt? I think it, it's so so tied to our own transformative work and our own redemption. Right. Um, it's so tightly tied to that and probably intimate covenant. I mean, I, I think certainly intimate covenant was really motivated by the enormous transformation that was occurring in our own lives. We saw how beautiful that transformation could be. Uh, because of our past, it was really a major, major transformation in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we saw how beautiful that was, and we just could not help but share it <laughs> right. with other folks. I mean, the, in, in technical terms, Intimate Covenant started because we, we always had a passion for mentoring younger couples and trying to help them along and help them through whatever struggles they had. had. And, and frankly, we were woefully unqualified to be doing that. Um, but we, we love our early couples that came to us for who knows what we, reason. We had been through some stuff that a lot of other people had not yeah. been through, yeah. but, and we were able to use that, those experiences for better, for worse, to try to help, right. you know, other couples who were dealing with whatever right. they were dealing with. But, but eventually some of those couples told us, you know what, you guys have really put in a lot of work here. Why don't you turn this into some kind of Bible study so that we mm-hmm. can, you can sort of systematize this to some extent and be able to share it in a more direct and, and um, formal way. So we, right. so it, okay, how hard could that be? So yeah, how hard could that be? <laughs> we, we put together some uh, a, a Bible class material. We, we thought it would, would take about you know, eight weeks, a couple yeah. of hours each session. We we, we, we would teach it once yeah. and that would be good. We, maybe two couples would come. 
<laughs> yeah. We, so we put the word out and like 15 couples sh- decided yeah. to show up. Yeah. So much so that we, we had to change the venue because it was, yeah. um, it, we outgrew our venue within right. the first week or two. Right. And we thought we would teach that one class and that would be fun and that would be done. And then more couples came to us and said, well, we want to take the class and we want to take the class. And, and then another church heard about what we were doing and reached out to us and wanted us to come teach the class to their couples. And we were astounded by Truly that. astounded and by, by how many. Never would have dreamed. But, but frankly, I think even in those early years, we kept waiting for it just to be done. Yeah, we like figured, we figured at some point... Everybody would hear this one time. They'd be all like, the local yeah. Houston couples that wanted to hear this <laughs> would hear it, and then we would be done. But the couples who had first taken the class... Some After them, a little time some had took passed, it twice. And some of them kept coming, and then they said, "Okay, but we want to do something else together, like a weekend thing." And I said, "Oh, let's put together a retreat. How hard could that be?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So we had a one weekend retreat. Thought that would be it. That would be fun. And then... And here we are again. And here we are, getting ready to have retreat number four, right? It just grew. It just keeps growing. It just keeps growing. And somewhere along the way, the thought of, you know, turning this into something much more formal and the website and the podcast and... Well, and and what we found out through all of that was that where people really were just astounded and interested and really just... We got so much feedback was when we we're willing to be open and speak openly about sex in yeah. marriage. Right, right. I mean, we can we've all sat through the typical Bible class on marriage and and that's important and those are good. I'm not knocking that. But how many of us have sat through a Bible class about sex and the beauty of sex and marriage? And we I know we certainly had not. Before we in fact the year before we started Intimate Covenant we sat in a Bible class where the the older gentleman teaching the class got to the the week, the session that was supposed to be on sex and marriage and started the class by saying, we need to keep our conversations rated PG. Or I mean, no, uh, we need to keep our conversations uh-huh. G rated. Uh-huh. As if talking about sex was something dirty. Or, or yeah. something to be ashamed of and something right. that we shouldn't talk about. Right. And I think... What we recognized was that what was most needed was a biblical, open, honest, real approach to exactly what God had in mind when it comes to the sexual side of marriage. And so here we are. Here we are on a podcast. Here we are, hundreds of people listening that we probably will never meet We've just shared our incredibly personal <laughs> lives with you all, um, but we do that. We do all of this through Intimate Covenant because we understand the power in vulnerability. Uh, we understand the, the beauty and the, that it's our place as God's people to proclaim the beauty of marriage, but especially married sex. Right. And so, yeah, a girl who grew up being sexually abused, can proclaim the beauty of married sex. That is the power of God. The power of the gospel. Yeah. So, Matt, let's wrap this up. Well, I think the the wrap-up today is very simple. 
we want you to know that you are not alone. We know brokenness. We know what it means to be broken. But we also know the redemption, the restoration, and the unity that comes through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and through the power of God's plan for marriage and sex. And so we're here to share that with you and to build a community for vulnerability and for your encouragement. So if you have something to add, if you have a question, if there's a topic that you want us to cover, we would love to have your feedback. We would invite your questions and your suggestions via the email podcast at intimatecovenant.com. Now it's time to grab your spouse and your Bible and head to your kitchen table and have the conversation about your own story. How has God taken the brokenness in your marriage and turned it to a place of healing and redemption? Thanks as always for all your support. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. Until next time, keep striving and don't settle. Thanks for listening to the Intimate Covenant Podcast. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email inbox, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. For more information about Intimate Covenant, please visit our website, intimatecovenant.com. Join our online community, find more resources, and learn about upcoming events to help you and your marriage journey toward a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life.